0: Welcome to Discovering the Jewish Jesus with Rabbi Schneider. I'm your host, Nathan Wood, filling in for Dustin Roberts. And today, we're going to learn more about the prayer life of Jesus. When it comes to the trials and temptations of this life, prayer should be our first line of defense. Yet oftentimes, we're so afraid of the unknown that we don't want to yield to God's will because of our own stubbornness. So how do we fix our eyes on the problem solver instead of the problems? That's what we'll discover today. And if you'd like to take some notes, download Rabbi's study guide by visiting DiscoveringTheJewishJesus.com.
1: Now, here is Rabbi Schneider with our message, Into Thy Hands. The destiny that God has for you and I is to look exactly like Jesus. The Bible says that as we fix our eyes on the Lord through the Spirit, that we're being changed into the likeness of God. And how do we do that? Through the Word. One of the ways we fix our eyes on the Spirit is by fixing our eyes and heart on the Word. Because the Bible tells us that the words that Jesus spoke in John six sixty three are spirit and life. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So the scripture tells us that as we fix our eyes on the spirit, we're being changed from glory to glory into the likeness of God's son. And so as we focus, beloved ones, on the prayer life of Jesus and truly are receiving his word through this into our heart, we're actually being transformed and washed and sanctified and becoming more and more like Jesus. We are truly on a supernatural journey of transformation. And do you know what? If you're the real thing, in other words, if you are truly in relationship with God, if God's spirit is really in you, which is a real truth, in other words, those that know God and love God, it's because the spirit of the living God actually inhabits them. Paul said in the book of Romans, if the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead doesn't dwell in you, then you don't belong to him. God's spirit truly lives within his people. And when God's spirit is in you, you know what's happening? You're being changed. I mean, this is a scientific reality. In my life, every year I'm being changed from grace to grace, from strength to strength, from glory to glory. Now, I don't say this to bring any attention to myself. I'm just saying this is a real transformational reality. I mean, the people that know me see it. I'm constantly being changed. Why? I'm focusing on Jesus through his grace. I'm focusing on his word. And as I do, I'm being changed into his likeness. The same thing is true of all of you that truly love God and are giving yourself to him. So once again, beloved ones, as we're looking at the prayer life of Jesus, we're truly looking at the spirit according to God's word. And as we do, we're being changed. In the book of Matthew 26, verse number 39 and 42. Jesus went a little beyond them, fell on his face and prayed saying, listen, my father, Jesus prayed, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not my will, but thy will be done. Now, many of you are familiar with this portion of scripture. Jesus is about to go to the cross. He's in agony. His soul is troubled. We're going to look at it in a little bit. It's very difficult. This was not an easy thing. The Bible says that the night before the crucifixion, Jesus was so much in agony, he was sweating drops of blood. I mean, he was in agony. I mean, his whole, he knew, listen, he knew that he was about to absorb the sin of the world. I believe that the greatest pain that Jesus suffered on the cross, more so than the nails through his hands and his feet, the greater pain is when the Bible says that Jesus, he that knew no sin became sin on our behalf that we would become the righteousness of God. The greatest pain that Jesus was about to endure, greater than the nails through his hands and his feet, was the pain of knowing that he that was undefiled, that was the pure, spotless Lamb of God, he knew that he was about to take on the most wretched, vile sin of the entire world. And not only that, but all our sicknesses and diseases, according to the book of Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 17, where Jesus gets done healing all the people. And Matthew says that it was to fulfill what was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 53, verse number three and four, when Isaiah says, he himself took our sickness. He bore our sickness. So what happened is when Jesus was on the cross as our substitute, he took into himself our sickness and our sin, and he died in our place. Can you imagine how wretched that is? How defiled he became? came for us, so that he that knew no sin became sin, the Bible says, on our behalf, so that we could become the righteous of God. That's what this pure, sinless Lamb of God was about to face. That's why it was so agonizing that he would sweat drops of blood about it. So painful, that is undescribable to truly express what he went through to be able to be changed into that for the salvation of humanity. So Jesus is facing this huge mountain, And he said, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. In other words, if there's any other way. But then he said, yet not my will. And he bowed his knee and said, not my will, but thy will be done. I want to ask you a question. Are you and I practicing bending our knee when we come to those difficult places in life where we know we're being challenged by the Word of God and the Holy Spirit to say no to ourselves and yes to God? I want to ask, beloved one, think about yourself. How are you and I doing when we're faced with difficult decisions in our life that we know are going to cause us pain, but we know what the right thing to do is? Are we trying to get around that thing in disobedience, or are we bending the knee like Jesus... And saying, but Father, not my will, but thy will be done. This is the heart of a true disciple. That's why Jesus said, any of the one that wants to follow me must pick up his cross, deny himself, and follow me. What does he mean, pick up his cross? It's exactly what we're talking about right here. The cross represented dying to self and doing the Father's will. Not my will, Jesus said, but thy will Be done. So let's right now just present our hearts to the Lord. I want to invite you if you can. Maybe there's something in your life that the Father's been speaking to you about, and you've been unwilling to listen, to let Him in. You've been unwilling to yield your will to His will and say to Him, Yes, Father, your wine goes down smoothly. Not my will, but thy will be done. That concept that I just shared your wine goes down smoothly, that's from the Song of Songs when the Shulamite bride said, your wine goes down smoothly, meaning that the will of God had now taken up primary residence in her heart so she wasn't fighting with God all the time about who she was gonna obey, her or the Lord. So right now, let's just bring our hearts to the Lord and say, Father God, I come right now concerning areas in my heart that I have not bowed to you in. Father, concerning areas in my life where I have not bowed my knee like I see your son Jesus doing here, where he knew how painful it was for him to go to the cross, and yet he bowed his knee in obedience and said yes to you and denied himself. So, Father, right now, give me the grace. Help me, Father God. Help me, Father God. Strengthen me by your spirit to say yes to you in those areas or that area of my life, Father, where I know that I have to do something I've been putting off doing it. I've been unwilling to yield to you in this area of my life, but right here and right now, I make a decision to break that disobedience off my life. I refuse to yield to the stubborn heart anymore. And I yield to you like I see Jesus doing here, saying yes to you and saying, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. Now I know for some of you, there were specific areas in your life that the Lord has been dealing with you about, and I pray and trust that just now, as you said that prayer, that you just made a covenant with God to forsake disobedience, to forsake your own willfulness, to say yes to God and to follow Him alone. What an awesome example of how to live things in our life that the Holy Spirit speaks to us about. We say yes to Him, not
2: my will, but thy will be done. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, and Rabbi will be right back. If you're looking to better equip yourself in your study, pursuit, and growth in Jesus the Messiah, be sure to go online and explore our treasury of Messianic content. You'll find Messianic teaching tools and videos, information about God's seven annual feasts, the Hebrew names, titles of God, and so much more. This content is ready and available for you today online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. At the core of everything we do at Discovering the Jewish Jesus is our commitment to declare the whole counsel of God's word from start to finish. In fact, Rabbi's unique way of connecting the Old and the New Testaments has helped people all over the world to understand the Bible with fresh eyes. To join us in this work of God, give a donation online today at DiscoveringTheJewishJesus.com or call 800-777-7835. And now here is Rabbi Schneider.
1: I'm going to the book of Luke chapter number 23, verse number 34 and 46. As we're examining the prayer life of Jesus, Jesus said, if the words that I speak, he said, will live in you, he said, if my words live in you, Jesus said, you will ask what you will in prayer and it will be done for you. Now, as Jesus was on the cross, he says, Father, right before he was gonna pass away, right before he was gonna leave his body, the last thing Jesus says is what? Luke 23, 46, Jesus says, listen, Father, into your hands, Jesus said, I commit my spirit. Having said that, he breathed his last. The Bible tells us that Satan holds people in bondage their whole life through the fear of death. Many of us are not conscious that we're afraid to die. You may be afraid of different things that you call phobias, but oftentimes what happens is that the fear of death that people naturally have is pressed down, suppressed, and covered up. But what happens is the fear that's covered up, it springs forth in different forms. It's like there's a seed that's there, and you don't know what the genesis of the seed is, which is the fear of death, okay, But because you still have that fear there that's covered up, that fear is springing out of your life into strange ways. Maybe you have a fear of blurting out something all of a sudden that you don't want to say. Maybe you have some other kind of strange fear of growing old. I mean, even things that make sense like losing a job or going broke, all types of things that we can think of make sense. But ultimately, many of these fears, beloved, are rooted in the fear of death. But once we conquer the fear of death, Knowing that when we die, we're going to go to be with God. Jesus said, Father, into thy hands, I commit my spirit. Once we break the fear of death, we're going to realize that many of the other fears that we had go away. See, because the fear of death represents the ultimate fear of, first of all, the unknown. Think about it. Don't people fear the unknown? What is the greatest unknown? The greatest unknown is death itself. That's what Jesus is facing here on the cross. He's about ready to pass out of this world. He's facing what we call death. But Jesus says in the midst of facing death with confidence, Father, into thy hands I commit thy spirit. He knew where he was going to go. The Bible says in John 13 that Jesus, knowing that he had come from God, knowing that the Father had given him all things, And knowing that he was going back to God, began to serve and wash the disciples' feet. Jesus knew he was going back to God. So he knew that when he was gonna leave this world, he was gonna go back to God. But if you and I don't have a confidence that we're gonna go to be with God when we die, we're gonna have the ultimate fear of the unknown because we don't know what we're gonna face, and that's a scary thing. And then secondly, death, beloved ones, when we don't know that we're going to be going to God when we die, it represents the ultimate fear of being out of control. Many times people have a tremendous fear of being out of control. Think about it. If you don't have confidence when you leave this world that you're going to go to be with God in His presence, that means that when you die, you are going to be in a place where you're completely what feels to be out of control. I mean, Who has control over death? Who has control over where they're gonna go when they die outside of having a faith that's rooted in God's son, Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah? So I just wanted to point out to you here, as we look into the prayer life of Jesus, he had a tremendous assurance and knowing that when he left this world, he was gonna go to be with God. And I want you, beloved ones, to have that same confidence and assurance in your life. See, the Bible tells us concerning the scriptures, that these things have been written to you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that ye might know that you have eternal life. God wants us to have the assurance like Jesus does that when we leave this world, we're going to be with him. I'm gonna pray for us right now that the Father will put his hands on our heart and give us assurance, beloved ones, that when we die, we're gonna to go to heaven. Many of us lack assurance. We love God, we believe God, we believe in Jesus, but truth be told, we're still a little afraid of dying. We still need a greater assurance that when we die, we're gonna to go to heaven. Let's ask God to strengthen our faith right now in his word and by his spirit that we would know beyond a shadow of a doubt, that we would know that we know that we're going to heaven when we die, that we would be like Jesus. Father, with complete assurance, into thy hands I commit my spirit. Father God, we want to thank you today for sending us your Son. Father, we want to thank you for giving us your word. Father, thank you that you told us in your word, he that hath the Son hath the life that these things have been written to us, John said, that those that believe in the name of the Son of God might know that they have eternal life. We want to thank you today. Father God, we want to tell you today that we love you, that we believe your word today, that we've received Jesus, your Son, into our hearts as Messiah today. And according to your word, Father God, when we made that decision, when we chose to love you, to turn to you, to repent of our sin, Father God, by turning our life over to you, by seeking you, by overcoming, Father God, that we know we're not perfect, but we're on the journey of perfection, that we're leading a life of repentance. You told us, Father, that when we are walking in this way, we could know that when we die, we're gonna go to heaven. But sometimes, Father God, we wonder if we've done enough. We wonder if we've repented enough. We wonder, Father God, if we've striven harder enough to enter into the narrow gate, because Jesus said many would seek to enter and not be able. So Father, you know, Father, the struggle that we have. We have the assurance of eternal life, and yet we also, Father God, have a godly fear because Jesus told us that many would seek to enter and not be able, that we should strive to enter into the narrow gate. So Father, I ask you to release right now assurance over the hearts of your people that truly belong to you. Father, those that have been purchased by the blood of your Son. Father, those that are truly striving to overcome. Father, those that truly love you with the genuine love. Father, those whose lives have truly been marked by a lifestyle of repentance. Father, I ask you right now to release by your Spirit a wave of the love of God over each one of their hearts, giving them the assurance, Lord, that you have chosen them, that, Father, they are your beloved. Father, that you would give them the assurance they belong to you, and that when they die, they're gonna go, Father God, into heaven. They're gonna go, Father God, into your presence so that, Father God, we could know with assurance that we could say like Jesus, Father God, Father God, with complete confidence, into thy hands I commit my spirit. Father God, right now, I break the fear of death off of your people with the knife, Father God, of your word, in Jesus' name. Satan, I break the power of every demon that is accusing God's people right now and bringing a fear of judgment upon them. I break you off right now with the knife, Satan, of the word of God in Yeshua HaMashiach's name. And right now, Father God, I breathe and I, Father God, release, Father God, a wave of assurance by the Holy Spirit of the love of God on the hearts of your people that they would know, Jesus, that they're yours. Father God, you said that what I loose on earth would be loosed in heaven. Father God, right now in Jesus' name, I release a wave, Father God, of the knowledge of your compassion and your love for your people that we would have complete assurance, Father God, of going to heaven to be with you when we die. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Discovering the Jewish Jesus,
0: and you're listening to the Bible teaching of Rabbi Schneider. Well, Rabbi gave us some great example of Jesus' prayer life. And if you'd like to learn more about today's topic, then please visit us online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. We have a treasury of resources and study tools for you. And you can even discover all the
1: ways you can partner with us this year shalom beloved and i hope this brings you joy when you send in your tithe to discovering the jewish jesus your church or wherever you're sending it to you're not just sending your tithe to that ministry what you're actually doing beloved is sending your tithe unto the lord the bible tells us in the book of hebrews chapter 7 verse 8 that when we present our tithe to the lord we're presenting it to the one beloved jesus christ the righteous who lives i want you to know beloved Take joy when you send in your tithes and offerings because what you're actually doing is sending your offering, lifting up your tithe and giving it to Jesus himself. I want you to know I love you today. I want to ask you to be faithful with your finances to the Lord. And if this ministry is blessing you, I want to ask you to do it through this ministry. God bless you and shalom.
0: There are several easy and convenient ways you can give to support this ministry. First, you can automate your gift by becoming a monthly partner. We've made signing up quick and easy online when you visit us at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Or if you got your phone handy, text your donation to us by typing the keyword rabbi to the number 45777. That's rabbi to the number 45777. And then finally, don't forget that you can give a gift right from the home screen of Rabbi Schneider's mobile app. Just click the donate button in the middle of the screen. And if you'd like to look at long-term options for reaching the next generation, even after you're gone, then click on the wills and estate gifts button. The mobile app has a variety of resources and tools available like our daily devotional, Rabbi's articles, and links to all of our social media platforms such as YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And then don't forget that you can listen to any message you may have missed by subscribing to our new podcast right from a mobile app or by downloading it on your favorite podcasting platform. And on our social media platforms, we love hearing from our listeners. Just listen to this comment we received. God brought me back to him two summers ago and I am so glad he did. I am thirsty for knowledge to be able to worship the Lord the way he wants me to. I'm still looking to be rebaptized so that I can receive the Holy Spirit totally. But your ministry has helped me in my journey, and I'm always thirsting for more. Thank you so much for doing the Lord's work. I really appreciate all you do. It truly is a joy and an honor to hear from you. So if you'd like to connect with us today, drop a note on one of our social media pages or write to us at Discovering the Jewish Jesus PO Box 777 blissfield michigan 49228 but right now here's rabbi schneider to wrap up today's message with a special blessing
1: the iranic blessing in the book of numbers chapter 6 is not a blessing that comes from an impersonal being out there somewhere in the heavens this special blessing comes from a person yahweh god almighty our creator and maker so receive god's blessing into your life right now yah va Yahweh vaishma recha Yah-er Yahweh P'navelecha V'hunecha Yisa Yahweh P'navelecha
3: If you'd like more information about Discovering the Jewish Jesus, visit our website at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. You'll find our broadcast schedule, podcast links, teaching notes, and so much more. And while you're there, let our prayer team pray for you. Matthew 18, 19 says, If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. Our prayer team lifts up each individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through Discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you and your testimony will encourage others. Submit your prayer request or testimony at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. You can also connect with us on your social media outlets to stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier.
0: I'm your host, Nathan Wood. Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a production of Shalom Ministries. Be sure to join us tomorrow when Rabbi Schneider continues our study on the prayer life of Jesus. That's Friday on Discovering the Jewish Jesus.